Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. Season 2 of Captains and Majors is brought to you by Carver Federal Savings Bank. Carver Bank remains focused on helping new small businesses. We do this through a number of ways, which include financial education, focusing on spending the time with small businesses to develop their business plan and ultimately their strategy for growing and surviving. We have a team of people that are highly committed and very competent, remaining focused on small businesses, and we truly believe that that will make a difference. Go to CarverBank.com to see what Carver can do for you. I'm Fred Bugs. Welcome back to Captains and Majors. In 1898 and 1899, the world caught wind of a black teenager who was breaking world records in the relatively new world of cycling. This modern bicycle was invented in the mid-1800s among numerous attempts to make a pedal-powered mode of transportation. But around the turn of the 20th century, the cycling world was taken by storm. The son of a Civil War veteran and perhaps the most prolific black cyclist in American history. His name, Marshall Walker Taylor, better known as Major Taylor. Well, he was called Major because he would wear a Major's uniform in his youth while performing cycling tricks in bicycle shops. From 1896 to 1908, Major Taylor broke more than 31 world records, including fastest quarter mile, which he set at the old Madison Square Garden in New York City in 1900. In Major Taylor's day, he was the first great black celebrity athlete. He predates Jackie Robinson's breaking the color barrier in baseball by more than 50 years. However, Taylor was born toward the end of Reconstruction and, and faced many insurmountable racial prejudices and, and threats for, for simply existing. However, after years of winning and destroying the competition, Taylor became undeniable. Despite Taylor's trailblazing, you know, it's taken more than 120 years for an HBCU to get a cycling team. Well, on today's episode, we sit down with Professor Uba Muhammad and for note, Weldemarian, who are carrying on Major Taylor's legacy of breaking the color barrier in cycling. In 2020, St. Augustine's University in Raleigh, North Carolina, worked with the business school to create the first HBCU cycling team. Listen and be inspired. I'm uh, Professor Umar Mohammed, uh, St. Augustine's University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, my name is Fanot Girmawadamariam, also a graduate of St. Augustine University, class of 2021. And I'm currently a full-time video production uh, specialist here at St. Aug and also coach of the first HBCU cycling team. 
You know, folks, um, St. Augustine's University, located in Raleigh, North Carolina, becoming the first historically black college in the U.S. to establish cycling. And maybe one of you can, can answer this question for me. What took so long? <laughs> oh, that's a great, that's a great question. I don't know if I'll be able to answer it uh, succinctly, but what, 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 uh, I think the, the history of cycling, um, has been a part of the African-American community forever. Um, you know, we always saw it when I was young and I'm sure when others were younger, they saw getting on a bike and cycling as a way to get freedom, you know, yes. get away from the home, go hang out with your, with your friends, uh, get into some trouble maybe, or just go to the candy store and pick up, you know, a couple pieces of five cent, 10 cent candy uh, when we were younger. Now today, you know, cycling is still a part of our, our culture. Uh, but it, it, as it's grown and as it's progressed and got more professional uh, and created opportunities for more people, cycling has, it, it, in essence, it is a little expensive, um, especially oh, yeah. if you're going to get out and race and ride, you know, some quality bikes. Uh, it can get a little expensive, but um, the time is now, right? What better time than now? And um, during the pandemic, we were able to uh, really instigate and and push this uh, opportunity forward for our students. For note, do you think that it's uh, doing the pandemic, the availability of open roads, not that many cars on the road, helped to facilitate the uh, possibility that it's actually become a reality now with cycling? Uh, I would say yes, because uh, a lot of people felt comfortable to get out and, you know, stay fit because at that time, everybody was kind of scared, you know, being home or being around a lot of people. So right. being outside, being on a bike, you know, uh, mingling with nature was like one of the best things that a lot of people, you know, took advantage of. Professor Muhammad, can you tell us a yeah. little something about your background? Sure. Uh, I'm from a small town, I would say, Durham, North Carolina, uh, home of the uh, NCCU Eagles and Duke Blue Devils. Um, and uh, so I was born in the Bull City and um, uh, just been in sports majority of my life. Um, ran little league camps and clinics for kids, coached college basketball, uh, run combines and, you know, just really been involved in the sports business world and my community and being a part of working with organizations to enhance participation in sports amongst girls and boys, um, helping organizations with sponsorships. I ended up owning my own minor league team in the city. Oh, we were together for about six years. And, and during that time, I was able to get uh, about three to four athletes contracts overseas for that for that time frame that we own the team and we were able to negotiate some deals with Adidas and ESPN so I got my feet wet in my hometown and you know I just been just moving forward and, and I got an opportunity to come here to St. Augustine's University to teach and run the sports management program and I've just taken my entrepreneurship uh, experience and leadership and brought it into the and brought it into academia and so we try to give our students um as much hands-on experience in the sports world, not just being an athlete, but what goes on around the field or around the court yes. when uh, events are going on. And so that's what we really focus on in our program. And Mr. Fanot, your, your background and, and what brought you to the table uh, for this opportunity? Uh, originally, I'm born and raised in Eritrea, East Africa. Uh, came to the U.S. in 2012. Mm. Uh, I lived in Sudan about a year and a half back in uh, 2010 when I first left Eritrea. And uh, I came to the U.S. for two purposes, according to my mom. It was 
to continue my education and to live with her for sure. So I went to uh, actually Central High School in Maryland. Okay. Uh, I lived in Suitland area and uh, I graduated from there in 2016. I lived in Suitland in, uh, in the 70s for about nine months. I was working at a radio yeah. station in Suitland, Maryland. Uh, yeah. and it was then Pennsylvania Avenue extended. <laughs> that oh, yeah. 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 yeah, right on the and, other uh, side of Anacostia. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that far away from me. Yeah. And uh, so I came to St. Oak to run track um, back in 2016, but track, I didn't see an outlet for me. Why so not? I kind of decided to, to, I don't know, a lot of, most of my coaches told me it was easier for me to run than it was for me to play soccer. Right. But I never enjoyed, you know, running distance. And, but I played soccer in high school. So soccer, I kind of decided. Soccer to, was more of a natural uh, sport for you because that was something you were familiar with? Absolutely. And because um, in Eritrea, the two biggest things are soccer. I mean, well, cycling is the most popular sport and, you know, followed with soccer, running and all of that. But, and uh, I didn't really get into too much of running and I decided to stick with the TV and radio station we have here at St. Aug, which is a WAUG. It's one of the first commercial TV uh, radio station as far as when it, within the HBCU community in yes. the South. And uh, my junior year, I wasn't the best student, but I knew there was some changes needed to be made. So I decided to change my major from film to organizational management under the business department. And a lot of people kind of say, you know, you're going to be in school for another year. You know, you're going to finish college in five years. And I always had this mindset where it's just another year of opportunity. Yes. And yes. That's where I found out in the middle of the pandemic that <laughs> I was on the phone with one of my advisors and I got a, she told me, she was like, hey, I just got an email. We have a cycling team. And I was like, hold on, I'm going to call you back. And I called every person I could, starting with the athletic director, and he informed me it was a school of business. And I had Professor Muhammad for a number at that time. Mm-hmm. So I just called him immediately. I'm like, what I got to do to get in? He was like, tell me about you. Yeah. And like and and, I, and and really to 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 piggyback on what he's saying, and I would say lamb back, but um for not uh when I talked to him about his experience, it was it was overwhelming to me for him to tell me about what he did in, in Eritrea. Right. Um and life growing up and being a part of cycling and wanting to go downtown on Sunday mornings to see the cycling races. Uh he told his grandmother he wanted to go to church. But he really wanted to go downtown and make sure he could see the cycling see the cycle, races that were going on. Yeah. So it was just it was, it was, it happened to end up being a great fit for our campus. Um, and we launched in the fall of 2019. Right. Uh, we started doing surveys um, amongst our students in the School of Business, which is which is important as an important note, too, is that. Our sport management program is inside the School of Business. I found that to be somewhat interesting reading about yeah. about that and 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 wondered why. And that was going to be my last question, my next question. Oh, no problem. Uh, well, it's, it, 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 the sport management, and, and as you know, and uh, any sport fan, I would guess, would know across the country is that sports is uh, it's almost a it's a business phenomenon, so to speak, right? Because uh, we enjoy playing it. We enjoy watching it live. We enjoy the excitement, the energy, the camaraderie, the community around sports. But there's also, and more importantly for a lot of us, is business, right? There's right. so many transactions. There's so many give and takes. There's, you know, you have so many supply chains. I mean, it's equipment. There's venues. There's facilities. There's, right. you know, there's all this other, th- all these other things that go around the event itself. 
And the School of Business has provided a space and a culture of innovation. And um, we've been able to utilize our creativity and entrepreneurship to really launch this cycling program. And, and we've gotten some, once we announced it, we, uh, in, the, in the spring of 20, when, right when the pandemic started to uh, creep into our shores or our coast and our border, we, we made the announcement and immediately we got um, contact from uh, the NFL was one of our first uh, Troy, Vincent. Troy Vincent with the NFL uh, executive vice president of football operations. He called us, I mean, personally, and we got on the phone, was very interested in what we're doing. He realized that it was it was really new. Nothing else had occurred. Um, and we had already checked with USA Cycling and whether or not any HBCU in the country had a cycling team. They said they hadn't. So we immediately rushed to apply and get in, and, and we got everything. And the NFL was one of our first uh, supporters and helped us set up what now has become a virtual sports lab um, because our cycling team started as a virtual cycling um, uh, uh, entity. So, so now, yeah, go so ahead. You're, so you're in the facility. You're not really on the road. It's virtual. It's on the screen. It's the, the, yeah. bicycle, the bicycles are are stable and and yep. and you yep. and and what do you teach is there a certain way to ride is there a, a way you have to pedal is there a way you sit on a seat or you don't sit on a seat uh, i you know yeah. are those some of the elements so like with cycling your body will react to everything you do on the bike so one of the basic things that we teach first is being able to understand like where your brake is you know your shift like when do you shift gears as far as you know, if you're climbing, like, is it the best time to shift when you're climbing or before you get to the climb? Okay. You know, kind of prepare yourself and cornering, you know, being able to make sure where your pedal is. Like, for example, if you're turning right, your right pedal should be up, not down. Because I never knew that. And, so, I, and I, to, to, to your point, uh, uh, Professor, I've ridden bikes all like as a child and, and well into my teens yep. until I got that driver's license. I was on them like <laughs> consistently had made bikes, stripped one bike for another one and all, but and was always fast Freddy on the bike. But but there's a science to it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Can you continue, brother Fano? And also like as far as your seat height, it's also going to depend on how much of your power you can unleash as far as you know, how high is your, your saddle and how much forward do you need to move in to be in a more aggressive position? All of that matters because if, like for example, one of the things I did was in our first gravel race I did in BWO with uh, one of uh, our coaches, as well as he was a former team captain when the team first started. We did a, it was a 98 mile race in uh, North Carolina. And I didn't have a proper bike fit which is you know make sure you, where your click is like when you clip on but that's another level when you get to and you know my saddle wasn't high enough mm -hmm. and all of that added up to where I started having knee pain on like mile 40 and like till the end of like mile 90 I was in paying the entire time so that took almost a year and a half two years to, for me to, to properly heal. you know get my knee fixed or I guess you could say uh, get in a better shape yeah. and part of that is a lot of people don't really pay attention to it is a lot of strength uh, training as far as you know your hip mobility and all of that plays a huge role because 
What I didn't understand was I was pedaling with my knee rather than my hip. Oh. So see. when you're pedaling, it's more of you pedaling in circles, not squares, which <laughs> I didn't really understood at that time. Yeah. And it made a lot oh, of sense when I learned how got to. Got it. Right. Right. I'm, you know, I'm thinking now how I pedaled. And you're right. It's like right. You gotta. You know the people just pushing down. And right. That's you're, what pushing, I was, you're pushing. You're pushing and pulling and pushing. And that's I used to call it yeah. pushing and pulling. I had a bicycle, a, a truck bike, which is a bike with no speeds, not a fix, but it was just a. And I, the the chain cover was a little off, and I would mm -hmm. pedal, and you boom, click, boom, click. But in the faster you go, you yeah. thought you were doing something, but I was pedaling not in the circle. I was pedaling in squares. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How many? How many of the students are experienced cyclists, or are they are they all new cyclists, or is it a mishmash, mix mass, so, a mix up? Of yeah. Them? So, so when we started, that's an interesting question, and I, I I'll start it, but I'm sure Fanat can uh, finish that. But when we started, um, the first fall, we started in the fall of 2020, and um, really, you know. Uh, announced, we announced it in the spring, but we started in the fall. And the first group of our best athletes, as far as cyclists, actually were track track athletes. Okay. Um, and so we were able to um, pretty much we had a, a uh, um, students that were already on campus who were athletes that did not have seasons, right? They're they're regular sports seasons, and so we were able to they were able to continue training using the cycling team. Okay. So we had track stars, we had basketball players, uh, we had a, a, I think, a women's volleyball player. I mean, so we had a great uh, mix of um, athletes, athletes, right, athletes, but um, none of them were familiar with the science of cycling. Right. And so that's where we really started. And we got help from the community around here to help us. And now we've got a strong cycling community that supports us here in Raleigh. And uh, we're continually grow. I mean, we're, we're still new in this thing, right? Yes, I mean, uh, 2019, 2020 has only been a couple of years. Yeah, so uh, we were still new in the game, and we hope to continue the legacy of Major Taylor. That That's generally how it got started, was that Major Taylor's uh, life. But I want oh, for not to tell you more about the, the about details of the makeup of the team and, sure. and how you guys have kind of uh, developed since yes, then. Yes, Dr. Fanat, please explain. So I know at first, like uh, he mentioned, it was majority. We had a couple of guys from track, basketball, and different other teams as well. So like one of our guys that we didn't really understood, well, I can speak personally, how power transfers as far as from track and, you know, to cycling. So one of our uh, uh, current, uh, well, former student, current coach at that time, Brandon Paris, he was also a 2016 Olympian at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had experience as far as, you know, with performing in a higher level. So it was easy for him to translate that power from track to cycling. Mm -hmm. And he like he have incredible amount of power that he can put down. And mm -hmm. um, like not just him, but we had other guys as well. That was first timer. Like for me, I was familiar with the sport, but I never raced. And I didn't really understand the science of it until I actually got on the bike and got a test of it for my own self. But like looking back, as far as from Major Taylor, this was back in the 1890s. Mm -hmm. Major Taylor was uh, the only African-American at, at that time yes. that was competing in the high level where 
he was setting records at that time. And One of the, the the things that really stand out to me is he did a five day race and he did over fifteen hundred miles. And, and as that is as incredible as he was, plenty yeah. plenty institutions still didn't want him in the race because yep, they right. were afraid yep. of the sponsorships or the other folks who did not want to race with him. Not because he was that good, but just because of his color. That's yeah. it. That's it. And and I think that kind of correlated in a one eighty for us uh, when we started the the cycling program and we announced our connection and and. Um, and commitment to continuing the legacy of Major Taylor, or even reintroducing to some extent the legacy of Major Taylor to the community, mm -hmm. is that once we announced, we were surprised to a certain extent that we got the corporate support, corporate sponsorship um, in the initial in the initial time frame, right? And within a matter of months, we were able to form uh, relationships and partnerships with numerous corporate partners and one of them and for now has his hat on is canyon bikes oh yes um, yes canyon bikes has been, been a, a yeah they have been an amazing partner of ours and when we found out lebron james had bought into canyon bikes that was even more so that was because it, it 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 allowed us to show the connection between your revenue producing sports and your non-revenue producing sports, right? Yes. And so if someone of the level and caliber of athlete that LeBron James is getting into the cycling business, then we all should take notice and say, listen, this may be something that we want to be a part of and something that we want to continue to support and um, and give uh, and give credence to. So um, we're just excited. And, and like, you know, Canyon Bikes, we have Saurus, uh, cycle. I mean, we. I can go through the list of all our partners, um, and I don't want to leave any out, so I won't miss, mention them all. But <laughs> yes, NFL and site and and Canyon has been uh, continually have been the 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 ones that are that are keeping us afloat and allowing us to provide our students with the greatest opportunity that we feel they can have at this stage in their academic and um, professional uh, academic life. So. so would you say this is a combination of soul and science where uh, your athletes and your program and your uh, getting the athletes prepared for this is giving Kenyon uh, a better way, an idea to make bicycling, cycling better for the future cyclists? You know, your training and, and some of the um, your secrets in training, yeah. um, the information yeah. that you're sharing with Kenyon, had, they had a chance to adjust their bicycles because of what your, your suggestions and the work from your athletes have been? Yeah, I, I think, and I want for not, because he has a more, he has a very personal relationship with that, with that corporation. Okay. But from the, from the beginning, I think um, we have uh, helped Canyon understand the marketing of cycling to particular communities, um, how best to gain uh, more uh, consumers of your brand um, and what we could do in a way they helped us. We, we did a five-part documentary series that I, Canyon I some of uh, helped yes. support. Yeah, and so this those are one of the those are a couple of the ways where you know we feel like our presence in this space has created an opportunity for a corporate entity to really focus its marketing and its attention to our communities. Um, and so I think that's been the first step. And yes. we're, like I said, we're still young. They right. still support us every year. Right. They still provide a, a raffle 
global raffle for us to fund our program every year. And that's been successful the last two with three years now we've had it. Wow. So, and we've done, we've done, they've created a customized bike with our school colors on it, with quotes from major Taylor on the bike. And we've raffled it off for three years straight. And it's just been an amazing opportunity for not only St. Augustine's university, the sport management and business school, but also for Canyon to show that their relationship to our community is strong and hopefully it will continue. And so we just want to keep going. We want to create this synergy between us. We want to help them improve their business practices. We hope that they will help us improve our uh, opportunities for our students. And we just feel like it's on, it's on. But for not, and, and Brandon have had much, like almost, almost endorsement or sponsorship, or I would even say, "Quote unquote," an NIL deal with um, with Canyon. So I'll let them. I'll let him kind of kind of go into that a little bit. For not, yes. So uh, I, I would say one of the things that I know Canyon had fully embraced was you know allowing to open the door for diversity and inclusion, especially with you know not just HBCUs but teams that are also you know majority you know minority or people of color in the team. So from my own experience, I would say. Anytime that, you know, myself or Brandon or even the team want to go to an event that they will be taking a part of or, you know, they will have athletes come ride, especially uh, professional athletes, mm -hmm. where they always open the doors for us to come either, you know, stay with them or get full support from their teams, mechanic teams. Or like I'll give you an example. Last year we did um, Unbound race. Unbound is one That's of the unbound. biggest gravel races in America. And it's about 4,000 people that come out there to race. And. We did, Brandon and I did the 103-mile race, and two of our other athletes, and they are the first-timer athletes. Like, they never did any type of sport. Cycling is their first sport. Okay. And that was their first trip that we uh, took them on. It was in Kansas. So, Canyon gave us full support. You know, they did full mechanic checks on bikes. You know, if we need any new tires, they would replace that. If, you know, bikes need any cleaning, they are hands-on making sure that we are fully taken care of and not worry about the bike, but only, you know, think taking care you know, of the worry athlete about the as race. well. Yeah. Um, yes. Seems to be, this has been, um, it was almost like, you know, if, if there's a plant in the yard and we're used to eating <laughs> certain things and people, someone finally says, Hey, you know, this is good for back pain or whatever. Like the cycling aspect was almost as though, was it almost as though folks were waiting for something to happen and, and it was just lying around the idea of doing it and and when you brought it up everyone just came right to it it became successful right away but it, this was it like that well um i guess but you always you know you never see the work that's done before you actually promote something right so okay. they always say people see the shine but they don't see the grind right and so um there was a grind i mean once i mean i, I can't when we came into st augustine 2018 and uh, my colleague, uh, my colleague, Dr. Janice, who was who was actually, and I have to give him credit, he was the impetus of cycling. And I'm the program coordinator, so he had to run it by me. Okay. But and I was a little apprehensive at first, why? Because it was just new, and 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 being in a uh, HBCU culture, um, I wanted to find the connection that our students could have to history. All right. And so once he introduced me to Major Taylor. Oh, it was a wrap, right? I already I saw it. We connected it. We started the the ball mo moving. We contacted a certain people. We got permissions on campus, 
And then I will tell you, um, it's funny, when we announced it, most of the alumni of the university thought we were announcing another athletic program within the athletic department, which is under the NCAA, right? right, right. And so, so they they were calling and calling and saying, <laughs> what's going on? How we have a cycling team and we don't do this and then and So it was just so much. So we had to resend a press release out stating that the cycling team was an initiative and an innovation for students and the students on campus from the School of Business um, and from the Sport Management Department. So we're not under any NCAA requirements, regulations. We're under USA Cycling. But with um, the- and so, yeah. All right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. so so that was, so was kind of how it started. So it was a little give and take in the beginning, um, but once that news kind of cleared, you know, we got in the community around us, uh, diverse communities, uh, everybody started saying, okay, well, well, what they're doing in St. Aug is, is very inclusive um, and it's new and it's new. And I think we were able to catch the wave of, um, of uh, just what was going on in the country and the world at the time. And um, I think that energy that was surrounding issues of discrimination and George Floyd and right. you know all those different things all that at were the going same time it was it was just yeah, it was just a, it was, was just everything the right was connecting time. what what what, yeah. what have been some of the adversities what you know with the success has there been any adversity like why are they oh, doing oh. this i mean you you explained yeah. some of it but yeah. yeah definitely definitely well i mean we're a small private university right um we don't have we're about you know at most 1200 sometimes 1,300 students, right? And so um, just the ability to provide our students with um, transportation to events, mm-hmm. right? So that becomes a challenge because, you know, um, this is a new program and we're still working out the kinks and still getting collaborations and support even on our campus, right? And yes. so um, it's just new for people. Um, and so uh, so that's one is just, you know, keeping our resources available for students to to do certain things. We've launched new programs since the cycling team. And so our goal is to work on just creating this sustainable ecosystem around our program that can build, that can continue even after myself or my colleague are gone. We'll still be have we'll still have something here at the university that can live on uh, with the hundred years we've already been here. We hope that this program will continue and provide our students with non traditional access and to sport management opportunities and sport business because it's key. not just about riding the cycle. Right. It's right. not just about riding the bike. It's about how you put on a cycling race. How do you put on a cyclocross? How do you organize a team? You know, how do you go out and get sponsors? How do you communicate with your community and market what you're doing? Yes. So all these other business activities is what we're trying to involve in this process too. What were some of the other some of the other the great things that uh, you did there at the college uh, in addition to cycling? What are some of the newer things that you also helped to establish? <laughs> so our next, our second program that we launched was a women's crew team. So uh, we- What is crew? What is that? So crew is basically uh, paddling. A lot of the, uh, um, a lot of your, uh, what do you call them? Your uh, PWIs, but also your Harvards, your Yales. They have crew teams. Yes. Um, where and so 
there's a, one HBCU that had a men's crew team that was the first crew team. We actually had the first women's crew team. And so uh, we've been able to launch that, and our young ladies have gotten on the lake here in the area and work with our uh, sister school in crew is NC State University. They have a crew team, and we've been able to uh, utilize and share resources with them to get that off the ground. We also have uh, virtual golf, a simulation golf okay. that we started. And one of the reasons we started that was to get our young ladies who are in the business school acclimated to how business happens on the golf course. On the course. golf course and, and the importance so, of that. Yeah. So instead of, you know, like I say, because we have limited resources, virtual or simulation was perfect for us because we could still do it on campus. They could learn golf and have that uh, familiarity when they actually do go on the course. We also have started simulation motorsports. And so we have three cockpits um, and we we have a relationship with uh, one of our former students just got a job at NASCAR. So we're excited wow, about man, that, that relationship that we're forming. And so we have motorsports. We have, uh, uh, what's what's the other one? Is it, uh, oh, is Ultimate. It? We started the first HBCU Ultimate Frisbee team. And then once we launched Morehouse, Lost, like, lost like right behind there. The, yeah, so, so, so yeah. What, we, what we see starting to uh, unfold here is the beginning of, um, of, of people of color in sports that no one has had an opportunity to, to even think about doing until you initiated the cycling aspect yeah. of it from the business school and from the business That's perspective. It. That's it. That's it. And and we have to connect the business side of sports. You cannot. This, I think it's uh, business no first. Yeah. No more can we just go play. Right, right. right? Um, time out for just playing. Even if you're training to be an athlete, it's business. Right, right. You got to put your ten thousand hours in to be a to be at to be great at what you do. Yes, that's you business. Do. Right, right. Now, you investing in something you hope to get a return. Right. Um, and so we want to make sure that you're not just out there playing. Parents, community members, uh, you know, you folks, you so you can get understanding of this is a world that. Um, for it's far too long, we have only been uh, um, actors and not directors. And not directors of it. We've been the, the, the yeah. talent and not really the, the, the folks signing the bottom line yeah, and, and cutting yeah. the checks I, in order to exactly. provide opportunities. Exactly. You, exactly. This is very similar to what we say in, in the music business. Uh, it's the business show. When I was young, one of my mentors said, hey, Bugs, you know, a show business and you want to be on the radio and TV, but man, you got to understand what the business side of said so they actually have it backwards. I was like, well, what do you mean? He says, it's the business show. It's they're saying show business. It's the business show. So it's business sports. It's not the yep. sport. It's not yep. the sports business. Yep. This has yep. really and, been and, in and like. And in, in sports, it's the same. The event, the game, the contest is the show of the business that's already happened. Right. Well, so the business, you don't have an event or a game without business that's already business, been taken care of. Business first, then everything yeah, else follows. business is first. And then you just show what you've done business on. And that's where all your brands, your your companies, and everybody comes together to showcase the talent. Everything comes together for that event, that contest. But the business is, all, the business is what brings that together. And professor, so, uh, professor yeah. it's been incredible talking to you and Mr. Finout. Uh, one, last, oh, one last question. Who are your competitors? Who do you compete against? Uh, so NC State, uh, Duke, Chapel Hill, the University of Maryland. It's, it's a lot of big, uh, especially D1 schools that we compete, even though it's not D1 within the cycling, but they 
they are a lot of uh, larger schools with a, a larger amount of, you know, or choice of students that can come to their cycling team. For us, it's mainly we have to encourage people to get into it or, you know, um, be able to recruit people of color that are already within the cycling community. Within the cycling and, community uh, at other colleges? <clears throat> yes. And so that's been our good, our goal is to encourage other small universities or colleges and particularly HBCUs to jump into this space. You're going to need passionate people. You're going to need a culture innovation and you're going to need a business. You're going to have to show the business value of what you're doing. So we've been trying to continue to push this out to the community, to our HBCUs here in North Carolina, to HBCUs across the campus, and we want you to join us. We don't want to be alone in this. Like it's not enough for me, to, for us to just be to have a cycling team. We want to be able to to, to create this uh, this community around the culture, the country that that participates in such a amazing and uh, community oriented uh, uh, activity. There's plenty of meat on the bone is what you're saying. So it's like you're not trying to hold it on to yourself. No, Professor Umar no. Muhammad, Mr. Fanout, no. they're at the incredible St. Augustine School University right there in Raleigh, North Carolina. This has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for spending time with us here. Thank you really for having me. Really appreciate this. And I'm looking forward to meeting you and looking forward to watching some of these amazing events that you guys yeah. are doing right now. Much continued success. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'll be up there in two days. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, give us give us a call. You got the yeah, number. Give yeah, us a yeah. call. Actually, get in contact with us. You could pop okay, in. Okay, I it, sure will. Friday? I sure will. I'll be in New York in two days. So appreciate you guys. Okay. Appreciate you, Thank too. You so much. Real quick. Yeah. Thank you. Um, from a production standpoint, could you guys just do a couple favors for me? Oh, yes. Uh, I just need you to say your names and then, like, your titles. Just a clear, clear statement so I could pepper it in. Okay. There we go. Assistant Professor Umar Muhammad, School of Business Sport Management. Uh, coach of cycling team as well as full-time uh, video production specialist. Name is Fanot Girmay-Waldemaram. I can spell that. It's F-I-N-O-T-E. G-I-R-M-A-Y, and last name is W-E-L-D-E-M-A-R-I-A-M. Got it. And uh, well, the final thing I'll ask, is there anything that you think we should know that we may have missed? Uh, the only thing I will add is I want to give credit to a couple of people that have been uh, our mentors throughout this Please whole go ahead. Years. Uh, yes. I would say uh, one of the main people is... Of course, uh, Abraham Peter, he has been a great support of the cycling program. He was also the director of the documentary, who I still keep in contact with. And, you know, I took a couple of trips to L.A. where he was able to take care of me and, you know, all the athletes that are, you know, in a space to reach out to him. Uh, a couple of other people is uh, Nelson Vales. He was a silver, uh, silver Olympic uh, medalist. I believe it was in 1986. It was the L.A. Olympic. He was the first African-American to win a silver uh, medal. Wow. Also, after him, it was Rasam Bahadi. He is also a 10 times national champion. Uh, Justin William. And actually, uh, uh, good facts about Justin is Justin William, Cora William, and C.J. William are three brothers who own the, which is the most dominating criterium uh, team in the U.S., and they also own three other, I mean, two other teams. So this one brother, he have a total of three teams right now. Wow. And where he's are, changing. Where are they based? Uh, LA. Okay. So if you ever uh, get a chance, uh, look up Legion of Los Angeles. 
and he's also hosting his own races as well. And uh, last person I would say, uh, if I forget. We want you to know about Dr. Mark Janice and our Dean of the School of Business, Van Sapp. Those two individuals have really helped pave the way and ease the ease the uh and put some wd-40 on our uh, journey <laughs> okay um, uh, how, did they, the, how, did, how did they do that how, in, in which way well well the dean actually had you know he was the one that kind of opened the doors from administration at the university to really see this as a uh, school of business initiative and innovation and so we we were able to create connect it to the academics uh, of the university and and so the dean is you know he just he was overall he was overall helping the relationship with the nfl and others but uh and then dr mark janice he's an endurance uh, athlete um he's a professor here he's my colleague also i consider him a mentor in sport management Same. and so um and so he has been very uh he's held a torch and uh and helped me uh understand this process even more than I than I did. So uh, those two individuals from my end, I think deserve a little bit of, uh, if it's written, the names to be put in the writing, but, um, but that's good. I mean, yeah. we, oh, we've man. had a great time. We're enjoying this journey. Thanks for listening to Captains and Majors. Jason Peters, writer, producer. I'm Fred Bugsy Bugs, your host. Special thanks to Professor Umar Muhammad and for note, well, Demarion. If you're interested in supporting the St. Augustine Cycling Team, go to Team SAU Cycling on Instagram to see what it's all about. That's Team SAU Cycling. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Captains and Majors.